I said, I'm stifled. I can taste the congestion. Dissension descending as we speak. Leaking pieces and particles. I'm impartial. Information has never been more accessible, yet ignorance is bliss. The flavor of knowledge I've learned to crave, but what I'm left with is this. False premises. Regurgitated. Propaganda repeated. Your perspective deleted. Then you reiterate it. You brag about your degrees, lies you believe, say you're educated. There's a dedicated theme of defeat if you listen. This transmitted frequency is tuned in to dull your glisten, numb your senses. What are we, dense or dumb? In the name of fun, we'll lose all discretions. Funny how the chickens come home to roost. The aftermath of following our desires rather than the proof. The truth these days are subjective. There's nothing absolute. Just obtuse angles, angle that distractions with sliding, miseducated and divided. Can you hear our folly? The resounding chatter of laughter, shits and giggles in pigeonholes we can't wiggle out of. Is this the cost of entertainment? The detainment of free thought, you thought you were making advancements. Jokes on you, funny how the chickens come home to roost. You're left in disbelief. You can smell and taste the deceit, but now the point is moot. You can see the troops. You can hear their boots in unison in pursuit of you. Can you feel it now? Isn't it how you wanted it to feel? Instant gratification and convenience parallels with mind control and obedience. There's power in suggestion. There's billions they've invested in prepping and priming your mind. And now it's time to cash in. And your soul is the dividend. Isn't it weird when you talk about making a purchase and then it shows up on your phone? Hope you don't think that's a coincidence. Maybe they're not listening to your thoughts. Maybe they're inducing them, producing your profile before your eyes, yet you think it's of your own doing. There's a hidden fee attached to endless strolling and random tweets. Oh, you thought it was free? No, there's a price to pay to play this folly and we're in debt with debit that our credit can't cash and our advancement is depleted morale deleted this cycle repeated then you feed it to your offspring who didn't need it didn't believe it and now we're here destination clear and we can't go back Funny how the chickens come home to roost. You're, you're, you're listening to Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With poetic block. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. 
bold stances and lewd advances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poet Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Spoken Soul Sessions. This is the podcast. I want to um, I want to make everything clear because this is a little bit different. My audience knows uh, this is a live podcast being recorded, and we're recording by way of Clubhouse. So it's going to be interesting today, guys, because uh, we'll be having live you know, engagement in the topic or what we're getting at. And um, I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Spoken Soul Sessions, you guys are very familiar with my guest in the studio today. Uh, She's been on this show numerous times. We have done panel discussions. We've, you know, delved into her personal career as a poet and artist. Um, She's a phenomenal human being. Uh, I want to welcome Back to the Spoken Soul Session studio, the lovely Lady Obsidian Rain. Thank you. It's always a privilege to be out here and being able to get into the topics that we get into. So I'm looking forward to how today unfolds, and I would definitely love to hear, you know, what the live audience has to say on this topic. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a scorcher today, man. You, I see you got backup in the audience because this is gonna, you know, usually we do the podcast. It's just me and you, and um, we, we're going back and forth. But today, we're 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 fortunate enough to have you know a live audience that can respond in real time of what we're going at. So today's topic, we are gonna get right into it. You know, we ain't gonna waste no time. Today's topic. You know, is today's scrutiny of yesterday's normalities. Wow. All right. Where did this topic come from? Okay. Obsidian Rain and myself, you know, <laughs> we're both on TikTok and uh, we find it very, you know, I don't know if it's a, if it's a, a, a real burning desire to share this type of information, but we come across a lot of videos and we share them with each other and, she sent me this video and um, when she sent it to me, it always, the video she sent me always sparked some type of reaction. You know what I'm saying? Either we're going to agree on it or we're going to have different opinions on it, but uh, it's always fruitful and beneficial. She sent me this video and um, I was taken aback. Now, I don't want to preface the video by by trying to sway anybody's personal opinion, but uh, I was really heated when I first heard it. So I'm going to let you guys hear it. And um, we're going to get into this discussion. All right. We're going to get into this discussion. Okay, let's go. Dating black women. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. My bad. I don't know why this joint always go to that video when here we go. Let's get to this. Here we go. Let me put his shorty on. Six eight, six. The video I'm stitching is a conversation on who is more dangerous to oppression, educated black men or educated black women. And I think the answer to that question can be seen in the example of Frederick Douglass. Um, he taught himself how to read, used that literacy to aid in his liberation, is quoted on saying, like, once you know how to read, you will forever be free and was married to a black woman for 20 plus years and never taught her how to read. 
This is exactly why I am self first and not race first. So Anna Murray Douglas was born free. She worked herself to death for Frederick Douglass. If it weren't for her, there would be no Frederick Douglass. She actually freed him. Uh, you'll notice his first attempt in narrative of life, Frederick Douglass, he got caught. He was returned to slavery. It was her who helped set him free in a more lasting way. Uh, she did factory work to support his newspaper, The North Star. And he would ship his laundry to her from Britain. And she had to haul water by hand from the well in order to wash his clothes, pay to mail them back. And that's just a sample of the work that she did for him. So anyway, she got down sick with rheumatoid arthritis, could not move. And he thought this was the time to move his mistress into her house, his white mistress, by the way. You know, this is the reality of being race first. It's never going to serve you. And if you go now to visit the Frederick Douglass house in Maryland, she's been erased. You know, the only thing that they say is that she was a good housekeeper and she gave him a standard of living that was far beyond most African-Americans at the time could achieve. His second wife, the white one, gets credited with preserving his legacy when if it hadn't been for Anna Murray, there would have been no legacy to preserve to begin with. And the truth is we owe her for whatever measure of freedom Frederick Douglass gained for himself and for us. Without her money, her work, her efforts, he would have been nothing. And she is not even really a footnote in his legacy. Most people don't know who she is or her name. Don't do it. Put yourself first. You know, don't worry about, you know, who puts the race on more, who gives more. Oh, what? Put yourself on because these men will step over your body to get to Becky. <laughs> The first video was absolutely phenomenal. Please watch it. This young lady just said so much. It blew my mind. Let me put his shorty on. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I was cringing back there if you guys didn't know. You know, I was cringing. I was really cringing. Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to set it off. I'm going to set it off. I know that um, Lady Obsidian Rain, she views this video a little bit different than me. But I'm just going to put out there the way I felt, the way I feel, and the way I felt when I when I first um heard the video. Okay. First thing first, you know, it was it was one statement that she made that was really I felt that was very damaging. And um she said she said this is this is what happens when you put the race first. Put yourself first. You know? She said I'm always I'm always self first over race first. I'm always self first. So when you look at, you know, first it's a whole is I mean, this is a, a, a an entire um what do you want to call it? Uh it's 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 like something that's being done repeatedly nowadays. You find people today who sit in their comfort of their of their lovely homes and with their beautiful tech. And, you know, they got their Google on speed dial and they can, you know what I'm saying? They can do all these different things and they have access to this information. And then they sit in the comfort of their couches and then they make these judgments. They make these, uh, you know, these damaging statements of the legacy of us, of who we are as a people. And it's, it's unfortunate that it comes from the, the people who look just like you, you know? who look just like you going back in time 
and holding these individuals with rich legacies to a standard that we see today, now today, you know? Um, and I think it's crazy. I think to go back in time where the conditions was a certain way and to apply, you know, a critique or scrutiny of the way things was practiced back then and apply them to today's standard, I think is unfair and is damaging and is mostly damaging to us because what legacy do we have to preserve? So, uh, Lady of City and Rain, uh, you got the floor. How, how you felt about the video? We about to get into it. I know it's going to get shot. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like there's layers to this. Obviously, she's speaking from a personal standpoint of why she chooses to honor herself first before, you know, wanting to honor a, a race card and how it has been damaging and how it is still very damaging today. Like, there are people who are still doing this, you know, so it's not even so much scrutinizing just the past to try to tear down a legacy, but it's telling the truth about what the legacy is. Like, yes, he did all of what he did and nothing can take away from that. So why can't we honor her in the legacy as well? Why do we have to honor a lie? And I don't even look at it as just this happening within our own community. Like, um, my children and I, we watch we watched the Hamilton, um, you know, musical play that they had on Disney. And there's a whole lot of things that I didn't know about Alexander Hamilton that came out. Like he, he was an adulterer. He had a whole affair. He got his son killed. Like nothing that he did takes away from the legacy that he built either. So why do we have to then say, oh no, we can't talk about what was done back then to just, you know, keep honoring somebody because we don't want to destroy their legacy. Their legacy is their legacy. So why can't we tell the legacy in its entirety? See, I think like in that, I don't, I don't see nothing wrong with telling the legacy, but I think it's something wrong when it's spoken from the vein of desecration, when it's spoken from the, from the perspective of, you know, tearing this individual down. Like in this video, this sister wasn't like, oh, just making note of certain things. It was a deliberate attempt for her to tear down the leg, in my opinion, to tear down the legacy of Frederick Douglass. Like to say that, oh, he taught himself how to read. And I'm, and I'm sitting there listening to this. She said, oh, he taught himself how to read, but he was married to this black woman for 20 years and never taught her how to read. The first thing he she said that he taught himself how to read. He taught himself how to read. Now it can be a, it can even be a, that's not even accurate because he was being taught how to read when he was younger. But by a white woman. But it's a myriad of different things that could have prevented him from teaching his wife to read. You know what I'm saying? It could it could have been so many different things, but to automatically associate it as, as for a, a negative connotation to put on it to say oh uh he taught himself how to read but he was married to this woman he never taught her how to read it's like it's coming from the vein of ridicule and critique and and i i I think it's unwarranted and i think when we take that approach especially we have we have a, a a a skinkly history as it is like they tried to manipulate and change things that happened in history to try to make us look at like like the bad folks of history. You know, it's so many things that we don't get credit for that we invented, that we established. So mm-hmm. for us as a people, 
to 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 get on this bandwagon and say, oh yeah, no, Martin Luther King, he was an adulterer, and uh, yeah, Malcolm X, he was gay, and uh, and uh, yeah, and 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 Huey P. Newton was a crackhead, and and you know what I'm saying all these different things right here is like you're aiding, you're aiding and abetting, you know, the the the, the destruction of our legacy, of our legacy, and you're not putting it in context. She said that, oh, he she he was sending her her clothes, his clothes. She would wash his clothes and and send them back in the mail and all. I'm like, come on. Even in that, in that, in that description of what was happening, is like, damn, like he thought enough to say, even I'm I'm way across the world. I'm not gonna let another woman touch my clothes. I'm gonna let my wife do my clothes. It could be it could have been looked at in that way. This is my wife. She has the right to, to clean my clothes. But it was taken as to be negative. Oh, he was treating her like a slave and she was his, you know what I'm saying? She was his maid and things of that nature. And I'm pretty sure her legacy was wasn't that. And that and their situation, their uh, arrangement that they had, their marriage wasn't that. But I think it's damaging when you come and you say, oh, yeah, he was a like he was a womanizer. You know what I'm saying? Like this is Frederick Douglass we're talking about. Look, I I get the perspective of coming from a hurt place. And, you know, we we've had the comments like if you've ever watched uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, like us as black women are mad, justifiably so, because we do so much and we really don't get credit for it or we do anything and it's oh we're masculine or you know we're too aggressive like they take away the wholesome understanding of why we even have to become that in the first place and we're being condemned for it like we're also being scrutinized for everything that happened in the past like, we were put in a position where we had to be the strong one we had to you know have sound minds so that we can raise kids and everything else like that and now we're being like trashed oh you're too masculine you're too aggressive nobody's going to want to deal with this that and third like so a legacy is a legacy you cannot take away what has been done but i also feel like it could be very empowering for people now today to see those people and understand like yes they did some crazy things they did some jacked up things but it, they are still capable of doing great things Mm. I, I dig I dig where you're coming from, but why why you don't see these same black people getting on 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 these videos and saying and destroying the legacy of Elvis or Jerry Lee Lewis? They do. Nah, they don't. They do. They, I don't see yes, black do. people getting up there they talk. talk they'll get up, they'll talk about R. Kelly. They'll talk about oh R. Kelly. He was he was uh he was messing with Aaliyah and things of that nature. He was talking about these young girls and things of that nature, but they won't talk about that about. Elvis Presley. I'm talking about these content creators that got all these millions of views on TikTok, all these millions of views on Instagram, and they use their platform to bash and, and, and go back in history and vilify our greats. So why why they don't so. take I that team? Mm-hmm. I think I misinterpreted like the question because what what I heard was like, you know, they do they don't do it for, you know, the white people. And I'm realizing like white people do it for white people. Mm-hmm. We do it to our own. So it's like <laughs> why are we not looking at the fact that like they literally have been policing their own and talking about the fact that Elvis Presley was a predator and you know was preying on these on these you know young girls in, in today's um, in today in today's time they're doing it in recent days but look at the legacy of Elvis nobody's coming up saying oh let's boycott Elvis's music 
Let's boycott him on, on Spotify. Let's boycott Elvis on Amazon. You don't find black don't people coming together, binding Elvis. together, saying, oh, let's treat him like we're treating R. Kelly. When he was doing the same identical thing, the same identical thing. You know what I mean? So when you really look at what it. black person is like, uh, like all buying Elvis's stuff up? Like, I, I'm curious. Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. But it's not even about, it's not even about black people buying it. It's about the institution of those streams that's, that's generating revenue that his family and the people who think like him are eating off of every year. Like R. Kelly is one individual, but he has people that's dependent upon him. So those streams that black people come up and they say, oh, let's boycott him. Let's take him off Spotify. Let's take him off Amazon. He got people that's dependent on him. He has children. He has people that's dependent on him. Just the same way Elvis people got people dependent on them. They live in a nice, beautiful estate. Beautiful estate. You dig what I'm saying? But nobody is talking about, oh, let's let's get him for the child predator that he was. He was a child predator. They don't, they don't do that. They won't risk their platform for it. They won't say, oh, I'm going to get up here and talk about a, a great American hero like that. But I think it's hypocritical for black people, you know, and especially, you know what I'm saying? And I don't want to say that I don't want to stroke nobody and trigger nobody, but for black women, for black women to get on this bandwagon, you know, this this falsely generated bandwagon of, oh, the black man has been so oppressive. The black man is so oppressive to the black woman. Now, we got problems like anybody else got problems. But I don't see in history, when you look at history, all the things that women was prevented from doing was by the hands of black men. Black men suffer from the same patriarchal uh, 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 construct that everybody else is suffering from. And it's a white construct. But black men always get the, the, the dirty end of the stick. It's black men that always suffer the worst behind this so-called patriarch, this white patriarchy that that has everybody in shambles. They don't they don't have that same energy. And, and I think me personally, I just think that's very damaging. What, what, what do that say to our children? You know, like, oh, they can do it, but we can't. I don't necessarily agree that black men and black women aren't receiving like the same end of that, that janky stick because a black man marries outside of his race and he's, he's had a come up and he's doing better for himself than everything else. But a black woman marries outside of her, her race and oh, she hates herself. And mm. she, I'm like, wait a minute. How does that, how does that work? I you agree know? with that. Cause I, I think anybody who goes outside, not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that if you, if you, feel that you can't get what you need or there's not someone capable of loving you the way you deserve to be loved within your own race. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to go to the, to the extent and say, Oh, I don't believe in um, biracial marriages. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just looking from the, from the sense of personally, you know, I, I don't see anything that a, a, a white woman can relate with me, with me personally the person that I am. I can't see me relating on that level where, where I'm laying down and I wake up and I'm looking at you and like, yo, you can relate to my struggle. You can identify with what I go through every day as a black man. And um, I, I just can't see it, but to each his own. So if you if, like, if a black man feels like he, he has a black woman and he comes up off of her as far as like she's doing everything to support him and she gets him to this pinnacle in life and he just leaves her, 
for a white woman, I think that's foul. Me personally, I think that's foul. I think that's the worst kind of brother. You know what I'm saying? If it's if it's just like that. But if there's other variables and you know what I'm saying, maybe it was a long road. She she inspired him, but at the same time, she 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 mentally crushed him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she was a mentally abusive and all that, whatever the case may be. And then he reached that that pinnacle and he said, Well, I ain't doing this no more. But I feel like an individual who uses a black woman, she supports him, she she invests into him, pours into him, and then after that, he gets rich and switch. I think he's a he's a sucker. Real rap. He's a sucker. And I think that's the point that she was trying to make about, you know, Frederick Douglass. It doesn't take away from his legacy. But what she was saying to the black woman is before you look to continue and honor somebody who's not honoring you, make sure that you are situated and secure. But I don't think he didn't dishonor her. You have no idea when somebody is going to, you know, want to just up and use you after you've given everything. So do you think I think about like. Good. No, do you think that Frederick Douglass was using his first wife? Personally. Being that I understand Frederick Douglass's original teacher was a white woman at a young age, he was exposed to the kindness of a white woman in that degree, but understood that it was socially unacceptable and, you know, connected with his wife or the cases. And then we, when he got to a place where he felt like he wanted to be seen on equal footing to a white man, he then honored what he wanted, which was a white woman. Mm. So you think that it was his intention from jump? Like, as soon as I give me a chance to get me a Becky, I'm gone. That's what you, <laughs> I don't. But that's the thing. Like, I don't think people actively think things through like that. I really do feel like it'd be circumstance like this after after a certain point where he became notable and a white woman started looking at him. He said, oh, staff, I got a foot in the door and Mm. went with it. All right. So let me ask you this. How many children did he have with this white woman? I, I I don't remember. <laughs> like, I, if I, I if I'm not mistaken, remembering people's yeah, personal details. Yeah, if I'm if I, if I'm not mistaken, he had no children with this white woman. His his marriage to this white woman was was strictly purely political. The way I read mm-hmm. history, when I go back and I look at it, all of his children, all of his bloodline came from this black woman. So I don't look at, at as Cedric Douglas and it wasn't because the way she explained it is though like he just left her. He remained married to this woman until she passed. It wasn't like, oh, you like, yeah, I'm up now. Yo, get up out of here. It wasn't like that. And I think he did honor her. He honored her. In the, in, I think it was also a slap in the face. You have your whole mistress move into your house. Like that's probably humiliating for her. And he wasn't going to divorce her because think about like the rules back then. Mm. I'm I'm saying, but, it was still humiliating but, but, for but having a mistress back then in those days, I don't think it, it could have been that humiliating because it was the norm. It was kind of the norm that men had mistresses. Men had. I'm saying for her to to be doing everything that she was doing for her husband, and then he had a white mistress living in their house. Mm. Well, I, I, like the way history reads for me when I study it, it it. It, it doesn't paint that type of picture. You know, it paints the picture that his marriage to this woman or his his even connecting himself to this woman was purely political. It wasn't like this was something that was, oh, this is this is the the woman I really love. 
when I read history, it seems like Frederick Douglass really loved his wife. He really loved mm-hmm. his wife. They stayed together 20 years. I mean, if this if this was the case that he was just, you know what I'm saying, looking for a come up, then he could have he could have dipped a long time ago. He could have dipped a long time ago. But, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, man. But when I look at it, what more what more honor can you can you bestow upon an individual that, you know what I'm saying, you give all your children to this woman? He had he had he had a chance to, you know what I'm saying, to impregnate and 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 um saw his royal oats in a white woman. He had a chance to, but did he? You know? Did he? Maybe she was infertile. But who knows? <laughs> the justifications of why that didn't happen the way it is. So like but it's like I don't think that was the focal point of her message. And so like I understand that the part where you're saying is damaging because it makes it seem like you know, black men and black women just can't ever be good for each other or that we're always going to look at all black men like that. That's the most damaging thing. And I have a issue period where people get up and like, oh, this is what black men are looking for. This is what black women are looking for. It's not what a black man is going to put up with. Let people figure out who they are for themselves and what they want for themselves and stop creating this generalized, you know, perception of what everybody is going to be capable of because that actually stops a whole lot of people from ever trying or ever seeing a person for who they are, because they're going to say, oh, no, you're just going to be like every other man, because, oh, they say they don't want this, but this is who I am. And you're not going to accept me for me, because I've been told that no black man is going to want a strong minded woman, mm-hmm. because they're going to label me masculine. They're going to label me aggressive. Mm. And I think that's that. See, that that's one of those not saying that this don't exist. Not saying not saying that this don't exist. Not saying that this don't exist, but what I'm saying is that when you really look at this is one of those tropes. This is one of those tropes that, you know, it, it convolutes things because, oh, black woman, when, when a black woman is what you hold on. I'm, I got the, I got this. Damn. Hold on. I'm gonna keep getting the call. Yeah. But like I was saying, though, you know, um, it's a trope that that I, I see a lot of black women getting on and oh it's like divide yourselves from the black man it, it, it seems like that's the type of of like black women are way way more successful nowadays as far as like in the work field being being um being productive and being financially stable uh you got sisters that's doing their thing today you know what i'm saying and it seems like that now they came up. It's like, yeah, look at us now. We doing good. And it's like throwing it in the black man's face. But it was like the black man never wanted, not wanted you to work. It wasn't the black man preventing you from, from being the best you can be in the workforce. It wasn't us. So for you to come now that you done, now they allowed you to come in the workforce and they set that dynamic up where a lot of more black women are being more successful in the work field. And a lot of men are not. It's like, oh, look, we can do this. But it's like it's a deliberate attempt to get us in odds with each other. And we're like, we're falling into it. Like, what's your but beef? Wait, who created that narrative? That See, <laughs> the way you the way you said that, it it kind of destroys itself. Because who is saying that the black woman is throwing it in the black man's face? Oh, no, that's the way it seems. When, when, when I, as a black man, when I hear... When I hear black women 
oh, I ain't fucking with no broke niggas. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he got to make this amount of money in order to mess with me. I see the roles as being changed. I remember back in the times in the 60s and the 50s when the black nucleus was together. We were together. And I don't remember the black man coming in and broadcasting saying, yeah, uh, you got to make a certain amount of money to, to mess with me. You know what I'm saying? Yo, you better no, get you another job or something. They weren't faithful. They, were, they weren't faithful. And so they were, you know. Faithful meaning but, what? Being monogamous? Yeah, the fidelity, the emotional security. And See, that's why they stayed and dealt with, you know, the emotional torment and trauma that was causing illnesses. So they, And they stayed because they needed the financial security. So for them to then now become financially secure on their own, they're saying, okay, you're going to have to come more with just, you know, you providing for me. Nah, that, I, yes, think, I think that's hypocritical. some other narrative of, of a number, you know, but I think that's perpetrated on purpose to keep us separate and to keep us warring mm. between each other. Yeah, see, I don't think that was anything that was intentionally our doing just so we could throw it in somebody's face. Be like, oh, no, you got oh, like you guys have to come with something more than, oh, I'm going to provide for you. No, see, I agree with you saying I agree with you saying to an extent because you, you're right. But you can see that it's deliberate and black women are falling into it. It's, it's like when you really look at it, right? When when the black man was the sole provider of the household, let's just keep it funky. When the black man was the sole provider of the household and the woman, she didn't have no, no place in the workforce, the black woman, whatever the case may be. She was a homemaker. She did what she did. But he was the sole breadwinner or whatever the case may be. It wasn't a thing amongst black men. It wasn't a thing amongst black men saying that, yo, yeah, man, uh, yeah, she's in the house all day and all that cooking and all that. Yeah, she ain't bringing no money in this joint. You know what I'm saying? Yo, she got to she got to make a certain amount of money to mess with me. If I'm if I'm going to be paying for these bills, she got to bring something to the table. Black men never took that approach. Black men never he took that approach. He may not have said it. He may not have said it verbally, but the actions showed because what did they do? They went to the women who then gave them things and catered to them. And it made them feel like royalty because they had a woman who was lavishing stuff on them. So now that woman at home is feeling, oh, maybe I can't keep my husband at home because I don't make enough. I don't I can't provide him anything. What else am I actually co contributing? So it's like. It's not even so much verbally what's being said. It's also how people are acting and, and, and the actions that they take that can imply some of these See things that, that we but that, but that, that, that's one of the problems that we're having with our sisters is that, you know, it reminds me of a poem. This brother, I forgot his name. It was a very short poem. It was on Deaf Poetry um, Jam when I used to watch that back in the days. And it was dope. It's very short poem. He said this. I remember it verbatim. He said, this is the poem, y'all. It's very short. He says, oh, I get it. She wants me to love her the way she would love her if she was me. And then he walked off the stage. That was the whole poem. And it was dope. It was fire. So a lot of, a lot of times, and I say that to say this, that in perception, in, in, in things where, where things are not said, things are not being said, there's no communication. A lot of times in this day and age, women say that men don't communicate. We don't communicate. We don't communicate. Now, I'm not going to deny that women, these women back in the days probably had reservations about their relationship, about the arrangement of the relationship. But to be to really look at it, 
uh, the topic today, today's scrutiny of yesterday's normalities. The normalities back then is that this was normal. It was normal to show your your, your husband gratitude by say I, I, I'm gonna be able to cook and clean the house when he comes home from doing whatever he's doing out there working providing he's gonna come home to a clean home he's gonna come home to a cooked meal or whatever the case may be these was the things that men valued it wasn't devaluing women by us valuing these things because it wasn't a woman's money that men are, are after a real man and this is real rap. Real men do not care about how much money a woman makes. That's not a, de- a determining factor of whether a man oh, wants to pursue a woman. These black male influencers nowadays who be spewing that same rhetoric to the black man. No, but but time out. You got dudes that would take it, but it's not the aim. Like you, you see how you got some sisters, and I'm not coming at my sisters. Everybody know I love the sisters. But you got some sisters who make it their business that I'm gonna come up off a dude. It's not about me, it's not about how, you know what I'm saying, what I can do to 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 make a living for myself. Is that I know I'm a bad chick, I'm a baddie, I look good. And I'm going to use that to my advantage. So when you have this type of mindset that you're going to say, all right, I know I have something you want, which is my physical body. Right. And I'm going to auction that up. I'm going to put that up on the on, on the um, on the auctioning block. And and and, and we're going to make some deals. We're going to wheel and deal over my body. And then when the final cut is, is, is exacted and this is the terms of the of the deal. Now you don't want to be treated as property. You don't want to be treated as something that's that's an object and things of that nature. But this is the way you put yourself forward. So it's it, that's the way it, it, it is sometimes. But when you look at back in the days, back in the days when a man came home and he came home to a cooked meal, he came home to a clean house. That wasn't a woman being devalued. If anything, it was a woman showing her worth and her the, the, the honor of her, why he came home every night, why he was an out there in the streets and he came home and he brought that whole check home to that household, to that woman. So it's not about, oh, she was doing the cooking and the cleaning so that she must have been the maid. No, the, the, the dynamic don't work that way. The, the black nucleus never worked that way. We all came together. That was our that was our tradition. Our traditions, we came together. We made it happen together. My grandmother used to always say when I was growing up, she said, if it's enough for one, it's enough for two. And if it's enough for two, it's enough for four. She used to always say that to, to instill into us that it's about sharing. It's about community. It's about networking. Now, is that everybody's on their own. Like, oh, I make money. I don't need you for nothing. Yes, you do. You need me. And the fact that you're making money now, it should be a plus for us and not a hindrance, but we've made it the exact opposite. We've making it a contention between us. Oh, I make money. You don't make as much money as me, so you can't tell me nothing. You can't You can't lead me. You can't do nothing. And we done shifted everything that we knew that made us exist from, from now to here and we're switching it up, saying that, oh, no, 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 I make the money now. I'm making the rules. Okay. So I think I think it's because it became very, um, it, it imploded on itself. Because girls were raised as if they were commodity. And then they started looking at themselves as commodity. And now y'all are mad because th- there's an autonomy of how we're deciding to, you know, implement, you know, what we were raised and being taught how to do and what to do. 
But then, who taught you that? If though? the woman's value, ain't nobody teach me nothing because I taught myself stuff. I know I ain't using my body to get nobody's attention. My body is mine. And mm. um, whatever. But <laughs> going back to something else that you said was, if the woman's value and the woman's worth was she honored her husband, how then did you think she felt when she was doing the honorable thing and her husband was still finding solace in another woman's legs? Mm. See, I think that's, I mean, you got to really look at it in, because every woman don't think the same. And back in those days, and it's not a justification for men and what they do, but back in them days, this was the norm. So to say that she would feel the same way that women feel today when the thing when things are different, I think that's a little bit unfair because it no, was women did feel the same. They just had to suppress it. That's why they was angry. Nah, they I don't think I don't it. think I think what woman what woman then or today is going to be okay? With that, a lot of them, a lot of them turned blind eyes and a lot of them were unhappy until the very day of death with their partner. And I've heard that conversation with a lot of with a lot of older black women when I was working in the convalescent homes and telling stories. I legit have one lady, Miss Gloria, may she rest in peace, had, had the audacity to tell me that if I wanted to keep a man happy, I needed to be able to to handle knob business. And I was just looking at her like. Ma'am, what? <laughs> to, to, to hold up, to handle what? <laughs> you you know how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was flabbergasted. I said, "Did she really just tell me that I need to professionally know how to give head? I don't mm. I don't know how to take this." Like, and so it's like we were told that in order to keep a man happy, that we had to ignore their infidelities. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm- that. That's crazy because it wasn't. But there was wisdom in that, though. There was wisdom in that, Lady Obsidian. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the wisdom. Let's let's break it down. They ignore our infidelities. No, no, it's different for a woman, and it's gonna sound hypocritical. It's gonna sound hypocritical, but I'm gonna say this. Not gonna sound. No, I'm gonna say this because we're different, and I'm gonna show you how we're different. See, the thing is this, right? When you really look at it, right? Back in the days, right? Men, men, let's let's get to the nitty gritty. Now, let me reset the room real quick so people know that uh, we are going to let people come on. We ain't letting nobody up on the stage yet because this is a live recorded podcast. So know that you are being recorded. It's going to be on Amazon and Spotify and all them other places. So when we do bring the people up on stage to ask their questions, know that you are being recorded. This will be everywhere. So I just want to put that disclaimer out there. But uh, we're definitely going to let the people come up on the stage and engage. However, let's get this. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Men and women are different. And women know men. They understand their different makeups. And these women back in the days were wise. Now, when you look at the the physical makeup of a man, a man has to release himself. You know, every 48 hours, he produces so many much billions or millions of sperm cells. This is something that's happening, that's regenerating. You know, so a man's desire, that's why women look at men and say, oh, only thing you think about is sex. You're like a dog. You're like a dog. But it comes with having a penis. It's not something that it's not something that men just say, oh, we're going to just decide to be doggish and we can help it. But we just want to be doggish. No, men have a certain innate uh, desire to want to procreate. 
You know what I'm saying? Black, I'm about to destroy you. All right, all right, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do it. But I'm just gonna say this: that when you really look at it, we we that's why you look at these different cultures, these different other societies that has put polygyny into their everyday tradition of living. And it's understandable. Like in Africa today, you have brothers who have four wives, two, three wives. It's, it's understood. And these women understand that it's not dishonoring her by him having another wife as, that, as though she's inadequate. No, it's just men, we have all men. Now, men can train themselves to be monogamous, to be, you know, one track minded and say, oh, I'm going to be with this one woman. We have we, we can do that. It can be done. But you have to understand that this is something that's going against our direct nature. I would die neck. They said that I seen this one lecture when this African sister was saying that one man, one man, I think she said he can populate. He can populate. Half the world, one individual, one individual, you know what I'm saying? So you, you look at the way the woman's body is made up and she only gets her, she gets her cycle once a month. She gets her eggs or she won't get all her eggs that she has for the, for, for her life, but they're going to come in, you know, in piecemeal. So she has all her children that she can possibly have inside of her already, but it's, it's a once a month thing. Men are constantly regenerating constantly regenerating sperm constantly 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 and it's something that he has to uh what do you want to say uh you know it has to be released so in a lot of cultures even the british the british um government where the women there petitioned after world war ii you can look it up they petitioned their government to allow polygyny because the men went to war and they was being killed and there was a lot of widowed women you dig what I'm saying? So the, 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 the wisdom behind having more than one woman is not so much so dishonoring a woman. I think it's only dishonorable when you hide it. You try to you try to hide this woman and things of that nature. Be straight up. Be straight up. Look, this is what I, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I love you. A man can have the potential to love more than one woman. But the, the concept of monogamy, I think today has been warped and we are in pigeonholes now. We can't move. We go, oh, if you want more than one, like your body is telling you that you want more than one. You see these different beautiful women. You want more than one. And then you're fighting against your nature. And and then women want men to be silent in that in that in that battle and say oh this is the way you're supposed to do it because i don't have that desire to be with all these men so you shouldn't have that desire to be with all these women and it, it don't work that way but i concede and i'll let you just just go to viscerate me just come on with it i'm gonna lay here and i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it like a man i'm gonna take it like a man come on oh let's go okay one the idea that women don't want sex to the capacity that men claim that they are biologically wired for is bull. Case in point, the entire dildo production, okay? Women were diagnosed with something called uterus hysteria. What is uterus hysteria? It is the female equivalent to males' blue balls. Mm. We were suppressed and denied because it was unladylike to have sexual desire. Mm. Okay? So women originally had to go to the doctor's office 
in which they use these little contraptions that look like vacuum cleaner attachments to get their 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 rocks off. Okay, until you know they sent home the at home kits, which are now the dildo productions of today. Two. <laughs> if we want to talk about biology and all of this, I remember them talking about, you know, the, the female lions. They will bite the nutsack of the male lion when he is too tired to mate with them. Okay? Because they have just as much of a desire and they go into heat. A female cat will mate with several cats within a week span when she's in heat. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is why kittens can come out with different daddies, whatever the case is, just because a woman, a female, you know, human woman only carries one, you know, at, at minimum, because, you know, twins and triplets, all that stuff is possible. Just because they're only capable of carrying so many does not change our sexual desire, our, our wanting, we just are tired because we are doing a lot of other crap. Mm. Mentally, you know, dealing with kids, dealing with the household chores, going to work, coming and dealing with other people's issues. Yes, women are the vessels. We absorb so much. So yeah, sometimes we are a little bit more tired, but it doesn't change the fact that we are thinking about it just as much, if not more than men do. And mm. that has been scientifically proven. Well, I don't so I don't disagree with that. I don't I don't disagree with the fact that y'all y'all think about it or y'all have that desire. I think that desire is there. It, it can be matched with both. However, I feel that No, no, I wasn't done yet. All right, I'm going to let you go. I'm I'm going to let you I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go ahead, but I just wanted to put that little thing in there so I don't disagree with you with that. I just say I'm just saying that a woman can be pretty much, she can satisfy her desire with one dude as opposed to a man needing more than one woman to satisfy that same type of urge. It's different, but go ahead. Proceed uh -huh. to viscerate. <laughs> okay. So have you seen the movie Fences? No, I, I've read the play. I haven't. You told me okay. the one with Denzel, right? That's the August Wilson yes. joint. I've read the play, yes. but I haven't, I haven't seen that movie though. So you, you remember the scene where Viola Davis's character, she's like, do you not think that I didn't want to go out and know other men? Mm. Powerful. No, we do not just get, we, we choose to be satisfied with the one guy because we're making the choice, but we can go out just as easily as guys can and go get satisfied with more than one guy. But you don't say, so you don't think it's different for a woman as opposed to, the, the vetting process, I think is a little bit different. I think the fact that a woman, a woman can go like any woman, any woman can go outside right now and snap her finger and, and get sex. Any, any, any woman, any woman got that ability. If she wants sex, she can get sex. However, men is different because women hold the keys so a woman, she has the ability to go out and have sex with all these different type of men, but her nature won't allow her. Her nature won't no, allow her. That's not, and, and see, this is where like the perspective of men shift and, and, and it's different because I had a man tell me that women were doors and men were keys. And the analogy that they used was 
A key that can open any door is considered a master key, but a door that is opened by different keys is a broken door. Yep, I heard that before. <laughs> I'm glad you okay. made mention of that. We could we could dissect that. Okay, but then they also take away from the simple fact that it is these people who are breaking down the doors in the first place. Why aren't the doors given the autonomy to which key they're allowed open, opening it versus, oh, I should just be able to go into whatever door I want to. Women use wisdom when selecting a mate. That doesn't change the fact that they could go out. So why then cannot men be more disciplined? We want to put all the responsibility on the women to be disciplined. You, you got to do this, but you can't do it this way. You got to be like this, but you can't be like that that way. But we're supposed to be able to say, oh, no, the men can just go out and do whatever, however they want, because for what? If men are supposed to lead and be head of household, lead with integrity and dignity and show us the way that is possible so that when we start doing stuff, you're not going to then tell us we're being hypocritical. All right. Lead so we don't depart. I, I, don't I, go one way and then yell at us for following you. you it, see, that's the I think that's the issue. I mean. Like, I, I respect, like, a woman can have her autonomy to do what she wills with her body. But when I say her nature won't allow her to do that, is that, like, even with women amongst themselves, a woman can be a beautiful, drop-dead, gorgeous woman. And um, she can garner a lot of attention from men. But even in that, just her natural self, she's not going to allow any man to have access to her. No matter the, the 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 aspect of the ability to do it, she can do it. But with a man, a man is is different. The way he's made up and the way he interacts with women, right? This is why so many men fall. That's why they got the stories of Delilah and all this stuff. Give up the secrets because of a woman. You dig what I'm saying? So when when a man when he when he's dealing with a woman. He's about, it's about the sex. It's about the interaction. It, it has nothing to do with love, emotions, and things of that nature. It's an urge to get fulfilled. It's an urge, period. You know what I'm saying? And it's an urge that women don't possess. They don't have that same urge to the same capacity. Not saying they don't have the urge to have sex. You have women that are nymphos. That's, you know what I'm saying? It's there, but we're talking about on average is in a woman's nature to be more selective with who she allows to, to come inside her atmosphere. Who's going to come inside it that was vessel? Women who were controlled and used as commodity between, you know, who she was being married off to. She had to preserve her essence and purity because it was being gatekeep for a price. What are you talking no, about? No, not and not just the gate. When you look at when you look at when you look at the Mar, when you look at the Mar the um the dowry system. Now if you cause that's what you're talking about, that it was it was being kept preserved so they can get a better price or whoever get the the the, the best bid on it. Now, this is the way things was done back in those days. The woman, the woman was considered to be something, or her virginity was considered something to be something that was precious something that was should be honored or whatever the case may be. And a man that was unworthy wasn't deserving of it. This was this was the the, the way of the law, the, the traditions of people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're not just going to get my virgin daughter and use a poop put ass dude. Ain't no way in the world. No father is going to do that. 
No father going to do that. But I don't think that's demeaning to women that men take that approach to, to make sure that they're protected because women, I mean, men know how other men think. Like I give you a prime example. In Islam, you have what they call a, a mahram. A mahram is like someone who's so closely related to you that you can't marry them as far as a woman is concerned. That would be her uncle, her brothers, her father, grandfather, you know what I'm saying? Uh, nephews, things of that nature. But these are the men that are considered her mahram that she can't marry these men, but these men are, are, are really goes to her father first. But any one of these men can fill in that slot of being her protector, her wali, you know what I mean? When it's dealing with marriage, when it's dealing with like setting the terms for marriage, because women are very more reclusive you know, about what they what, what they want. They're shy. So men can come and say, all right, look, this is what's going down. No, can you provide for my daughter? I'm releasing my daughter to you so you can maintain and protect her. So I got to know that you can provide. What's your livelihood? What, 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 what can you provide for? What can you teach her? What can you give her? You dig what I'm saying? So it's just to, in, to ensure that she's making that transition safely from her father's care to her husband's care. And I don't think that this is demeaning. This is not demeaning I didn't to say women. It was demeaning. I'm just saying this was the nurturing of what is what you know was, and then how that has shifted to what is today. You know, it was utilized for this purposes. Yes, we can understand that it was supposed to be a safeguard for protection, but the reality today is that's not the case. Women have had to protect themselves. For somebody who had to take classes in law and stuff, I did a paper on, you know, rape, sexual assault and all this stuff. And the vast majority of cases were fathers, grandfathers, uncles, you know, and they got no time. They got no jail time. The closer the assailant, the less, you know, jail time was ever even acknowledged it was always swept under the rug so then women realized like these men weren't actually even protecting them anymore mm. so now we now get today you know you have a whole bunch of you know fatherless homes women aren't growing up with a sense of masculine protection so they don't feel like they're any other man is really going to protect them and then they take on protecting themselves and it's like okay well now i'm gonna have to barter my own JJ. now you're gonna have to make a certain amount of money but because we're doing this of our own accord, it's looked down on versus if we had a, a man who was able to navigate these terms for us, it would have been OK. I, I get where you're coming from. I do. I really do get where you're coming from, you know. But even today, I think that the dynamic has shifted to the point. I don't think that no men are doing it. I think that 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 still exists today. The, the men, real men protect the women in their family. I think that that's still a thing. Like where I'm at, where I live at, you know, if somebody did something to someone's mother, their sister, their daughter, things of that nature, you gonna got you got men that's gonna come out and, and, and defend their honor. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like everywhere, like since I've been growing up, you know what I'm saying, from my youth, if anybody said anything about your mama, this was something that was hardwired into me, you know. You say something about my mama, my grandmama, sisters, you know, my cousins. Like I got a cousin that we're more like brother and sister than cousins because we were so close. So I treat her like my sister. So if you said anything when I was growing up about my cousin Keisha, it was on, it was on site. You know what I'm saying? And she had brothers, 
But you know what I'm saying? It was the fact that this was the this was the female that I had that that close proximity to that we was raised up like brother and sister. So that that desire to protect her was always there in me. You know what I mean? But every time something happened in, in, in my family when one of the women was violated, like I remember one time we had to roll up on this dude when we was in we was in like third grade or something, third or fourth grade, and they was playing 7-Eleven. I don't know if you know what 7-Eleven is, but they was playing 7-Eleven mm-hmm. when you go run, grab the girls and grab their butt and things of that nature. And this dude named Larry, you know what I'm saying? He went and grabbed my cousin butt. And the word got back to me. We all went to the same school. After school, it was a problem. Them green boys showed up. It was a problem. We ain't trying to talk either. You violated. You dig what I'm saying? So even in that young, in, in our youth, you know, we were, it was hardwired in our minds that if anybody violated your, your, the, the women in your family, you went all out. It was all bets off. And I think that still exists today. I think the compromise is that women have taken this approach where it becomes uh, like offensive if men talk for them or stand up for them. I don't know if you've seen that movie um, with Denzel. What's the name of that movie? Esquire. That, um, when he was playing the lawyer, whatever the case may be. And it was a scene mm-hmm. in there where the women were standing up in the back. And he said, hey, man, he said, why do we got sisters standing up in the back? You know what I'm saying? You brothers, man, you know what I'm saying? Have be gentlemen and, and give up your seats for these sisters. So one of the sisters in the back said, we don't need you to talk for us. If we want a seat, we'll we'll ask for a seat. You know, he said, well, he's like, well, I'm just trying to be a gentleman. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't ask you to be a gentleman. You know, we didn't ask you for all that. And they got real nasty with it. And she, and they got to the point where you say, I'm not your, I'm not your uh, sister. And she was like, oh, damn. He was like, yo, this, I'm trying to do something like be a gentleman. But she took gen- genuine offense to a man being like trying to like be her aid. So men are very simple creatures. So if you show men that more than once and it becomes a pattern, men are going to adopt that pattern and they're going to act accordingly because whether women want to realize it or not. Problematic. That's problematic. You have somebody else changing your character. No, because that's the, we got to do that because no man don't want to be, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you why this is the dynamic that we're dealing with. When men look at women, right? If you, if you notice this, all the, all the women that's on the platform, I think y'all can attest to this, that men will go through hoops. If he's digging you, if he's filling you, he's going to go through hoops, whatever you want. Those same hoops that they jump through be manipulation until they get what they want. And then they out. Oh no, no, no. I mean, I mean, but it's not, it's not manipulation. It's, It's the fact of what they want. Now, this is the thing. A man will jump through hoops. So if you make a precedent and say, this is what I want, it's like a it's like a, a silent kind of contract. Like, yo, this is what I like. I like roses. I like candy. I like to be taken out and pampered and things of that nature. Right? A man will make concessions, and he was even if he ain't got it like that. He was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to save up my bread. I'm going to take her out on a nice date. I'm going to save up enough money where I can take her to Ruth Chris. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? He would do this because he's genuinely interested in you. Whether it be the box or whether it be you as an individual, he's interested. It's something that's drawn him to you and he will conform to whatever you need him to do in order to get the goal. You dig what I'm saying? So a lot of women got to realize that a lot of the stereotypes and these these type of characteristics that we put out in the social media of what women want, 
You know, if, if every time we look on social media or we looking on TV and we see the women and we know this doesn't represent all of the black women or all the black men, we know that this is what's seen and what was viewed. And this is what everybody's going to have in their mind. So when we see this and we see women about a dollar, everything is about a dollar. Like they got this one dude that's on YouTube. You can look him up. Uh, TJ, whatever, but he do this this prank. It's not even a prank. He go rent different cars, Lamborghinis, Maseratis, and things of that nature. And he pull up in the gas station and he wait. He see a fine sister walking there, whatever the case may be, and he try to holler. But he he looking all bummy or whatever the case may. He don't look like he got money. But he's like he's trying to holler. Hey, how you doing, sister? Yo, uh, yo, uh, let me take you out or whatever the case. Let me get to know you. Nah, nah, I don't date broke dudes and da 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 da. He's like, oh, damn, I'm just trying to get to know you and all that. He's like, now you's a broke. This how you know I'm broke? I could tell you broke. Ah, he said, ah, you know what? Have a good day. He goes and pulls a, he go get in the Maserati. Now, when he gets in the Maserati, now her eyes light up. Oh, 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 let me talk to you. What's your gram? What's your Snapchat? Ah, now you want to talk. So when this is keep getting, and I know this is not the sentiment of all our sisters. I deal with black women. I know this is not the sentiment of black women. However, this is what's being viewed. And you don't have enough sisters that's out there saying, oh, we're going to dispel this disparaging stereotype that we ain't about no dollar. We ain't about no just gold digging and we just looking for a man to take care of us. We got to dispel this image. But it's like this one dude said, he said, yo, when men are looking from a distance, it's like you, you look too similar to the women who ain't about nothing. You dig what I'm saying? It's like the same and it's principles. Like why the same for, for women looking at men. And that's the problem. Yep. This is why I have an issue with the generalization. Allow people to get to know individual person on their own. Mm. Stay true to your character. You should not let what how, how a wounded person responds to you alter how you de then deal with everybody else. You then become the wounded person now biting everybody else and wounding them. We're all a wounded society. Mm. Because nobody wants to stay true to their character. Be who you are and have integrity. And that means doing what is right, regardless of the response that you get from another individual. Mm. Is doing what's right when nobody is looking. I agree. Not I going agree. out to side and say, oh, I'm going to try to, you know, paint this picture. Or whatever the case is, because you know what people look at when they see at me? Oh, that's a loose woman. She's had two kids by different men. She must be desperate. And then they come with the okie doke and think that I'm just going to fall for it. And then, mm. oh, now you're angry. You're black. You're bitter. Da, 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 da. So it's all these 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 stereotypes. It's all of these. I want to just lump some everybody else into these these damaging perceptions mm. because I've been wounded. I feel come you. Now. I feel you, Queen. I definitely feel where you're coming from. And um, it's a discussion. We can go on forever. But look, this is what we're going to do. We uh, we want to bring some people up on the stage. Uh, if you guys want to come up on the stage and comment, because I want to let everybody know this is a live podcast is being streamed right now. Know that this is being recorded and that you're going to be everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So. No, I don't want, uh, yo, I didn't know I was being recorded. So if you're coming up on the stage, you can raise your hand. We'll bring you up. You can make it, um, your comment, and then we'll bring you back down and bring somebody back up so it don't be no confusion with the um, recording. So uh, first one we're going to bring up, uh, Mama Oben, since the beginning, she's been trying to um, make her comments in the, um, in the chat. So we're going to bring Mama up on the stage, uh, and then... We're going to uh, 
let mama make her statement, bring her down, and then we got some other people that got their hands raised. So raise your hand if you want to make a comment uh, about the, the topic we've been talking about. So mama, I, I done sent you a, a request. You can come on up. Hey, mama, all around queen, mama Ola Daisy, what's going on? You off mute, but we can't hear you, mama. Probably got to go out and come back in, perhaps. But yeah, you guys. Uh, I'm in the car. Oh, okay. I'm in the car driving, and um, I put myself in the chat room because it's being recorded. And uh, I'm your mama, but uh, if I was over there near you, you'd be getting a spanking right now. Um, you didn't even let Rain give her points out. You just kind of kept going on and on with new points that really didn't make any sense at all. And I don't want to say what I really want to say to you, but I talk to you in private because uh, you got to give a different understanding about uh, really, we're talking about Frederick Douglass mistreating his wife and bringing in a white woman. And uh, there was no excuse for him doing that. He was just a, you know, the same way men do. They take black women for granted and for, you know, for like uh, nothing but, uh, you know, uh, a mammy, so a new mother, somebody mm. to just like clean and cook and do whatever. But nerving him to even be calling himself, you know, uh, a black, well, that we call him. Now, he didn't call himself that, basically. Uh, he, he didn't contribute, you know, enough to be called any kind of hero or anything. But to bring a white woman in, and even though she didn't have any children by him, uh, they didn't want children. They, they give the babies to the black uh, nanny to pull on their titties. I mean, come on now. We've been through enough. And at this point, you need to know, uh, you know, a little bit more defense mechanism uh, to protect black women's images and things rather than saying that it was okay for him to do that. It was not okay for him to do that. But that's just one point. Um, I'll, I'll get you later. You're getting a spanking. All right, Baba. I'll, I'll, what you call it? All right. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're going to address that because I'm going to play something. I'm going to play something. So I'm going to bring you back down, Mama, and we got some other people that we're going to come up, but we're going to deal with that right there. Uh, first, first and foremost, you got to really look like, you got to look at it like this. Honor, honor. And I just looked at something. I'm, I'm heavily outnumbered. Like, there's no, when I say no, I mean no men on <laughs> there's no men on the platform. It's all women. I'm very heavily outnumbered, but I'm ready for it. Let's go. So when we look at when we look at the honoring aspect, 20 years is a long time. 20 years is a long time. To be with a woman 20 years, it takes it takes a level of dedication. It takes a level a level of commitment. And I don't think that a person with devious intentions or or uh corrupted intentions is going to stick around that long 20 years even through her even through her sickness and her ailments and the things that happened to her you know he still was there he never divorced her he never divorced her so i think that that in itself shows a level of of you know commitment and i'm not going to say this but i i i think but I'm about to research it. I think he never married her, the white woman. They never were married. But I'm going to fact check that. I don't want to just say that off the rip. But the way I remember reading the story that he never married her. 
They were political. It was a political move that they were together, but it wasn't that he went and said, oh, this is going to be my wife. She took his last name and things of that nature. So um, I'm going to do a little bit more research on that. If anybody else have any facts on that, I'm going to play. I'm going to play a video concerning that, but I got to find it. So uh, with that being said, I don't think 20 years is a long time for a man to have a devious intent or I'm just using this woman to be to stick around 20 years, even after her ailment that he never divorced her. I think that's a testament of his intentions, but I think we're looking at the situation from through the lens of today's modern uh, standards. When you look at today's modern, modern day standards, you know, you're cutting out all of the things and the variables that were present back then. And you're just erasing them. Like they weren't even conditions. And you're like, oh, oh, nah, he should have did this. He should have did that. Or or she should have did this and she should have did that. It wasn't that way. The times were very different. And we got to make sure that, and, you know, we put things in proper context. You know, Frederick Douglass wasn't, wasn't in the same situation how you got individuals in today. It was a, it's a total different situation. And I think that his his attachment to the white woman was merely political and i don't think it had really nothing to do with no love or oh i'm just gonna dip on my wife for you i don't think it was that you know but uh but yeah go ahead um lady obsidian while i pull this video up actually he did marry her two years after his first wife passed um and then she, they were married for 40 years. So oh, I, so, I think, um, so he did. So hold on. So, all right. Yeah. Throw the link up in the chat if you can. Um, uh, lady obsidian. Cause if you went to Google or whatever the case may be and got the, um, what you call, we can put it up in the chat so we, we can all be, um, aware, but you said that, uh, he married her two years after. Yeah. Did she take his last name? Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna Marie Douglas was uh, 1838 to 1882, and Helen Pitts Douglas was 1884 to 1895. Okay, so he did marry her, but uh, he didn't marry her until his wife had died. Mm-hmm. How, how long was it after he married her after she died? That's a, it was a, it was a two year a two year gap. She, oh, was it, it uh, was Anna Marie Douglas died in eighteen eighty two, and then he married Helen Pitts in eighteen eighty four. In eighteen eighty four, okay. So mm-hmm. um, so so we got context. We got context. So what what do you think about that, um, Lady Obsidian Rain? You don't think that's enough time? Like I said, it wasn't. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the video so much was to disparage Frederick Douglass's legacy as much as it was telling black women to make sure that they honor themselves and go about their goals and doing what they're doing for themselves, not for the sake of being with somebody for race. But what that's do like that? that but, and that's, that's, but what do that look like though? What do that look like honoring oneself over the race? Like, like what do that look like? Give us like, give us an example of what that looked like. Well, considering the fact that, you know, I, I have a biracial kid. Um, I grew up struggling with colorism as I know many black women probably have because we watched shows like Fresh Prince and we had dark skin Aunt Viv and next thing you know, it was light skin Aunt Viv. Mm-hmm. You know, we watched all of our, you know, our icons slowly get lighter because, you know, 
the lighter you were, the more attention you got. And we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. So what for me, it was like, I'm going to go about doing my goals. If a black man tells me that I think I'm all that because I have degrees or he tries to minimize anything that I'm doing, I know that that person isn't for me. And I'm not going to subject myself to any emotional distress Mm. to appease a man to be with them. If a uh, you know non-melanated individual uh, acknowledges everything that I've done and doesn't try to make me feel less than for it or try to use that to control you know emotionally control me or, or any kind of thing, then okay, like I'm not going to just turn you away because you're you're not black. Mm. That's what I mean in regards to not looking to just marry somebody within race for the sake of being in race. All right. So you're saying pretty much that you saying that you wouldn't restrict. You're not going to just confine, you know, who you who you decide to be a a, a, a a suitor for you. You know, someone that's suitable for you. You're not just going to constrict it or confine it to just a race and like, oh, you got to be black. Like you saying pretty right. much like, you know, what I'm saying like a person shows me qualities that's beneficial, that's good that I can get with. Then I can get with that individual no matter what the color is. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I I get where you're coming from. I, I I really dig it. Me personally, I'm a little different. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little different. No, you like the sisters. Yeah, I like I love the sisters, man. And I don't see I don't see me like I, I don't see that ever changing. You know what I'm saying? Like you got some pretty attractive white women. You know what I'm saying? That that's very attractive. Got all the the things and things of that nature. But for me, it's just a personal thing, for me, preference thing. But what I'm saying is that mm-hmm. when you when you look at, you know, us as a people, us as a people, you know, I don't think there's nothing wrong if someone comes along that treats you right. That's the benefit to your life that comes and brings joy to you, brings brings substance to your life for you to say, oh, I'm not going to deal with them just because they're white. You know, I I can dig that. Mm -hmm. I really can dig that. However, you know, for me personally, I got to be like, you know, it got to be more than just the physical attraction. So, you know, I will be one of them individuals who will put some type of parameter and be like, yo, you know what? This is kind of a deal breaker for me because I need somebody that I can really build with, that I can invest in, that I can like pour my heart and soul into. And I want that person to be able to identify with what I go through as an individual so we can connect on that higher level. And I think that, you know, when when it's so like, you know, this, the stuff that has been done to us in this country is so appalling, is so unforgivable that for me, it'll always resonate in the back of my mind. Maybe I just know too much or I read too much, but it's singed in my brain. It ain't going nowhere. So it's just different for me. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I do get where you're coming from if a person treats you like that. But when you say, when the individuals say that, oh, it's about, it's not about race first, I think that's counterproductive, very counterproductive. And it's like, uh, it's damaging to where we're trying to go as a people. I think race should be first, you know what I mean? And not in the sense of a nationalist approach, but to know that this is the way the world works. Everybody is taking care of their own. And it seems like we'll we'll take care of everybody, but when it comes to us, we're neglectful. 
or we're negligent and we'll say, oh, no, nah, I, and I, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to anything black, black enrichment, black empowerment, empowerment is always an asterisk there. It's always, oh, but, you know what I'm saying? It's always something to cancel it out. And I think this is something that's been generated in us. It's been embedded in us. And it stems directly from slavery that we ourselves have this tarnished view of who we are as a people. And we always kind of, uh, you know, when we interact with one another, it always comes up to the surface. That's where like where the mean mugging mm-hmm. comes from. When I'm, when I'm alone in the elevator with a, with, with another black brother and, oh, you mean mugging me. You know what I'm saying? What you mean mugging me for? Like, why why can't we walk and we be in the same vicinity or be in a, in a closed, confined space? And why can't we just, you know, like, yo, that's my brother right there. What's good, King? Because we were taught to fear ourselves just like the world was taught to fear us. Indeed. And the reality has been, like, a lot of women are kind of adopting this this narrative now to, you know, not put race first, but a lot of us have been wounded by those very same comments coming from our brothers and our uncles. Oh, I don't date black girls. I don't date black women. They're loud, they're ghetto, they're masculine. And we ingrained that and realized that we aren't even a desirable to our own. Mm. So how are y'all then going to get mad at us for then looking outside for the love that we can't seem to get from y'all? Like, so it really is a perpetuating cycle of damage. And until we learn to stand in our own integrity and morals, we're going to keep perpetuating the cycle until we start looking and actually scrutinizing the past and why people made the choices that they made or why people operate a certain way more often out of fear. We're going to keep repeating the same mistakes and the same hurtful patterns. So, but we're teaching these same things to the future. But where do we go from here, Lady Obsidian? Like, what do we do to get on the same page? Because, like, because quite frankly, already we had the conversation. Because it seems like like the lines are blurred. Because, like, when you really look at it, like today, like, what can a black man do today? I'm talking about a woman such as yourself. Or anybody on the platform, it's all ladies on the platform. Um, what what can a brother do today, today's date, today's time, to prove that you know that he want to be a benefit? And 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 what is it that the women are doing? This is a real question. What is it that the women are doing to counter to counteract that? The reason why we can't get on the same page because it's obvious that it's it's. It's some type of, you know, uh, we're looking at each other and we're not adding things up. Things are not balancing out. Like what when I look at my black sister, you know, and I want to I want to I want to, you know, I want you to be that solace for me. Like when I come home, you know, and like to say what I said earlier, black men or men, period. We don't really look for women's wealth as opposed to like when, 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 as a determining factor to get with a sister or not. A woman can be dead ass broke, don't have no bread, nothing. And a man will still pursue her because the money is not what he's really, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not about the money for him. He's more concerned with her looks, you know, other little nuances of, of being with a woman. He He's more concerned about that as opposed to the actual, oh, 
She got a Fortune 500 company in. This is Oprah Winfrey and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that men won't get on no no stuff and be like, yeah, I, I, I'm a I'm a mess with her because of her money. We see tax season, taxi. We in tax season right now. So it's a, it's a lot of couples that that you're gonna start seeing that it just don't make sense. You know what I mean? But it happens. But what I'm talking about on the on the average men period don't really look at women's you know her 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 money to determine whether or not that he's gonna you know deal with her or not if she's pretty being her being pretty or having a body or things of that nature is far more important to a man than her her bank account status and that's just real rap you know so what can we do as men and women to get on that same page to be like yo look you know, I'm digging you, you digging me. You make more than me. So, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be, you make more than me. You know, uh, don't lessen me or don't try to, you know, make me feel like less of a man because I don't make as much money as you. You know, because do a woman, should she feel less of a woman if she's she's unable to have um a, 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 a child? No. <clears throat> it doesn't lessen but her don't ability. Don't they make them feel that way? No, I don't think men make women feel that way on the most part. Do men do that? Yes, you got some men that do. You know, but you got more women that do that to other women than men. You know, keeping it real, you got women that would bring that up if a woman can't have a child. You have women who would use that as a tactic to get up under a sister's skin more so than a man. You know, like keeping it real. But- Men want to keep their legacy and men want to have children carry their name. So when a woman can't um, or like there's a propensity, like, you know, that they can't, you know, have a surrogate or the cases because they don't have the money. Like, (laughs) I think we've already started by having these conversations and putting it out there for people to listen to so that they can have a perspective and then you know, challenge themselves. Like the only thing that we ever can do is challenge ourselves and the narratives that we're believing in how we are choosing to show up in our world. Mm. We say that, you know, the, the world is all against us. We can control the world based on how we control ourselves. Mm. And that's the only place that we could ever start. Great point. Great point. So, uh, I mean, this was a wonderful discussion. You know, we want to, we about to close out, but we want to get the people you know, we want to hear what y'all have to say about it. You know, the, the topic is today's scrutiny of yesterday's normalities. And, you know, you're welcome to come up to the stage. We're about to close out soon. But if you want to you want to um, come make a comment or, you know, get your point across, the stage is, is definitely open. Um, just be in mind that this is a recorded podcast. This is a live podcast being recorded so understand that this is going to be everywhere you know it's going to be everywhere and uh you know represent yourself to the best you dig it's, it's going to be everywhere but uh yeah that's the topic today's scrutiny of yesterday's normalities and it kind of started with a video that we played uh where i felt that they were uh this woman was vilifying you know the legacy of you know um Frederick Douglass and was trying to perpetuate like Frederick Douglass was a womanizer or he was, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't a faithful husband and things of that nature. And I think it was the total opposite. Uh, we just got some fact checks that he married that white woman two years after his wife passed on, you know? So he maintained that respect, 
He maintained that honor of her legacy. He remained married to her and he did not marry her until the other woman, his his initial wife had passed on. So I think that's a testament in itself of his respect and his love for his wife. And I think that should be made mention. It should be, that should be mentioned, you know, because a lot of times we get on this trip in these days where we want to do this men bashing, you know what I'm saying? Like I, like I said, like I told a uh, uh, lady obsidian, I was like, you don't hear the brothers bashing Sojourner Truth or just making videos bashing Harriet Tubman, just bashing her. You know what I'm saying? Bashing her efforts and saying, oh yeah, she was all right, but yeah, this and this and saying derogatory things about her. I think it should work both ways. We should preserve our legacy. We should really preserve our legacy, you know? And these other people do it. They preserve their legacy very well. You know, and they don't let they don't allow the slander like it's enough slander. I ain't going to say slander because slander is lies, but it's enough information out there about all these forefathers, the forefathers of this country that we can bring to light that don't get brought up, don't get brought up. But we're quick to to take R. Kelly or Michael Jackson or, you know, what I'm saying uh, Sammy Davis Jr., or Red Fox. You know what I'm saying? The list goes on. We'll, we'll quick to take them and destroy any type of good they've ever done, you know, in representation of us as a community and throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. You know what I'm saying? Praise, praise the white man, you know, but curse the black man for doing the same identical thing. And I think it's hypocritical. You know what I mean? But I got, I got, vis- I got viscerated on the platform, you know, because y'all already know how Lady Obsidian Rain do. You know what I mean? The whole platform... Uh, now the brothers starting to come up. Dark man, blue, sincere. The whole show, I was all here for Dolo. You know, what I mean? slicing me up. But yeah, like you, <laughs> if you notice, like your, your perspective was that she was, you know, tearing him down, and my perspective was more just like how she was trying to tell the women to continue going after their goals. Like even our perspective on what she was doing is very different, which is interesting to me. But um. Yeah, like <laughs> I see we have uh we, we do have somebody else on the stage with yes, us. Yes, we got Lynn. We yeah, what well, uh uh you got anything to um add to it, Lynn? Um, I have quite a bit actually. All right, let's get it. <laughs> let's get it, sis. <laughs> and I hope I can remember everything. All right. Um so I missed the video. However, um I feel it's disrespectful to move any woman into the home unless the woman's coming in as a caretaker, um, unless that is agreed upon. Um, and you wanted to reference about back then, back then. Okay, so even if we go back to the biblical times, mm. um, as far as having another wife, um, the man needed to be able to take care of both women equally. Um, so if wife number one is in the mansion, either wife number two needs to be in the mansion too, or you need to buy her her own. She can't be in a shack. Um, so that's kind of as far as the second wife kinda, perspective is hold, concerned. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt your chain of thought. But you said a, you said back in the biblical days in the Bible, if you look at the first incidents of 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 polygyny, I, I believe it starts with Abraham, if I'm not mistaken. But in this situation, it was Hagar, it was um Sarah, excuse me, Sarah, who gave because Sarah, well, um Hagar was Sarah's maid, was her maid, right? And I was about to get to that. Yeah, she gave to him to, to. So it wasn't no mansions being 
disputed. Understood, <laughs> but what I'm saying, I'm kind of like going back and forth. But what I'm saying is, technically, as far as you know, for a man taking a wife, he needed to be able to take care of both. Mm-hmm. He did not necessarily take Hagar as a wife. He just laid with her. No, it says wife. Does it? Yeah, okay, it says it says it says Abram check. took it, it Hagar. It says okay. it says Abram took Hagar to be no Sarah gave Hagar unto Abram to be his wife. That's the word they used, wife. Because that back then biblically, once you laid down with somebody, you were you know husband and wife. That was the terms. So if that's the case, so if that, in uh, certain, you know accounts. If that's the case, biblically speaking, when a man lays with a woman, that's his wife. So how is he dishonoring mm-hmm. her by being a mistress? If this if this is the biblical tradition of marriage in 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 in, in the because Bible, societal structures change. But mm. we want to let her point. But go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, but even still, they needed to be taken care of. But on the same token, um, when you were referencing about um, you know the uh, other women teasing the the first wife about not being able to have a child. He also, because um, Sarah gave her to him, also said, well, you do with her whatever you want to do with her. Like, you're the one who gave her. Like, he did not pick her to be the wife. Um, As far as that point, your comment about women not sleeping, not wanting to have um, sex um, with multiple men, that is frowned upon. Um, I'm pretty sure that several of the women, if they were to come up here and were to be honest, you know, they look in lust as well as men do. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they looking at Ricky over there, Pookie over there, Rashid over there, like, mm, you know, they could get it. But, you know, it's a double standard. We'll be whores, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately, the double standard you know, y'all might be considered dogs, but it's a little bit more socially acceptable for men to sleep around versus women. And then if the woman has a desire to be a wife, mm. 90% of men, if not higher, do not want a woman that's been out there with a bunch of men. Ah, um, exactly. You just made a great period. point. You made a great point. Let's but, let, but let's marinate this point. No, no, no. The hypocrisy, the hypocrisy, it really, is it a hypocrisy? Think about it. Because we, are we going to ask Lynn? Because Lynn is here. So should we want We're a gonna, man that's been out there with a whole bunch of women? No, no. What, what I'm saying, but a man being with different women doesn't decrease his stature even amongst women. This is what I'm trying to say. Women don't see that. It's a double standard. But no, 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 no. The double, listen, the double standard. Look, when you really look at it, right? Let's let's keep it real. Women, right? If if a woman get her check, she get her paycheck, right? A woman will invest in her, her hair, her nails, her eyelashes, her feet, getting pedicures, manicures, things of that nature. When a man get his check, he get his paycheck. Getting his nails manicured is the furthest thing from his mind. We talking about average men. Do that means that, oh, he's better because he don't spend his money on cosmetic things? No. It means that they they both have two different interests. A man may take his surplus wealth and say, yo, I'm going to go to the bar, have a couple of beers with the fellas, or I'm going to go to the pool hall, shoot shoot some pool, or or, or get my money and, and go watch a game or, or something like that. That's, that's a, the caliber of that female. 
you know, because a real woman is going to take care of business first. And then mm-hmm. if she has an extra change, then she'll worry about her hair and her nails. Well, that and, and that, all of that. Well, I, I dig where you coming from, Lynn. But if, if that's the case, that's real women. Only real women do that. Then we don't have a lot of real women out here because I see in my what? community. I, 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 well, I. I mean, there are a lot of real women, but are you looking at those real women? Because men tend to look at the chick that's got the weave and the lashes and the nails versus somebody else who's just chilling. But that's the but but that's the majority. She ain't all Gucci'd up. She just got on what she can afford. You know what I'm saying? But she's working hard to handle in business. But y'all looking at that that glamorized chick, and so you got these females out here presenting to be that glamorized chick because Mm -hmm. they're wanting the man to look at them. So so they so so it's deliberate. And and women and the females that are out here being thotty and slutty. That's because. Unfortunately, apparently they weren't taught better at home or they weren't listening if they were taught at home. You know, unfortunately, all these videos and society and social whatever, they're promoting, you know, what I'm saying the Megan the Stallions and, and chicks like that. That's what's mm-hmm. being promoted. You're right, so these sis. young girls coming up, they see that and it's like, oh, well, I need to look like that. I need to dress like that. I need and that's to the act problem. like that. And that's the you problem. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what the men are going for. You know, but in essence, y'all just want to screw those chicks. Y'all don't want to wife them, but that's not being taught. But the wife, but the wife in aspect comes. See, first of all, every man wants to screw. Let's 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 keep it. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a hundred. Definitely. Men, 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 when men look at women, no matter how fine you are, no matter how many qualities you have, the 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 initial stage is sex. And that's what's gonna make a man approach you. If a man looks at you and he sees you and he's like, wow, she's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? I want to get to know her. But it's that beauty that's even prompting you to even want to get to know her because she's beautiful. You dig what I'm saying? So with a woman, her approach when she sees a man, beauty, the standard of beauty, not saying for all women, but the standard of beauty may not even be number one. That may not even be the number one thing that she's looking at to even consider being with him. It, it may not be his beauty. You know what I'm saying? It could be the way that he's caring. It could be the way that he makes her laugh or he got he got a good character. People respect him. It's so many different things that women use as variables to determine whether she want to be in a relationship with this dude or not. But with men, this it's usually really uh, rendered down to about two or three. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not many things because a man is not going to approach you no matter how good your spirit is. No matter how good you uh how good of a person you are, he's not gonna even want to know anything about you if he doesn't get attracted by something physical. It's your beauty. So do you do realize right. that the problem then is men want this particular thing, and so women are trying to cater to that, and then men have this idea of what women are looking for, so then they try to cater to that and it's all wrong. Right. No, and but but have, that's the you, thing. Women are complicit. Have a beautiful wife at home that can't cook, don't clean, and barely raise the kids. Mm-hmm. Now, you what, know, what would you think? You made the comment about not being married. It's hard to be married for twenty years, but that's because you went for the superficial. You went for the surface and not digging deeper. No, not nah, the marriage. The marriage don't want to be married for twenty no, years. No, no, the, the twenty years marriage. You got every man because a woman of uh, her beauty is going to fade. So every man that was interested in a woman, it was his beauty. It was his beauty that attracted him right. to her, but it wasn't the beauty that kept him and made him stay. 
It wasn't the beauty. And that's where we we get lost in translation. And you look at a man as being a bad individual because he's not he's not uh what you want to say like he he he's not expressing what he's feeling or the reason why he's staying. So therefore, you're gonna you're gonna place and say the reason why he's staying. Oh, the reason why you're staying because she can cook, and the reason why he's staying because he he know he ain't got to clean the house because she doing it. That's the reason why. But no, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. It's not. It's not. And today, women do more saying as opposed to asking, communicating. And in this day and age, you have men who are afraid to express the way they truly feel because they feel that if they do, they're going to be looked at as other than by women. And women don't make it a safe space. I'm keeping it real. Women, I'm not saying all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all, but in this day and age, in this type of climate, what you see on social media, women don't make it easy for men to express themselves so we can get to the nitty gritty and find the common ground. If a man expressed the way he feels, no, you say that's a person that's being dealt with. No, no, no. The caliber is one thing. I've had a lot of my male friends tell me that their boys don't make it easy for them to be open. So here they are fronting on both ends. They can't be real with their guys. They don't know how to be real with their girls. I got, nah, dudes, 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 dudes is more dudes. That's even a thing now. They're talking about men are more emotionally attached to men, but they physically attached to women. So they say like men are emotionally gay now. This is the new trope that they're trying to create upon black men that always oh, bros over hoes so now they see brothers like that and now they're trying to insinuate that oh these men must be gay because they're emotionally attached to women but no the women these days no, that's not what i said no i'm not saying that's what you said but i'm saying that this is a trope that's being that's being disseminated out there as we speak that they, they, you can find videos of women saying that these men are emotionally attracted to men and they're physically or sexually attracted to women, but they're emotionally attracted to men because they got these these uh, confidences with their bros. Like, yo, that's my bro right there. Da 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 da. They looking at that as being what I'm seeing is saying that they're emotionally gay, and and it's crazy because every time a black man gets to the point where he want to express himself, he's considered to be gay. He's considered to be oh, you not acting like a man. So when you when you get these men who finds themselves reclusive they don't want to speak they're very silent they don't they don't they don't say what's on their mind it's the reason why because society has convinced these brothers that what they think or what they what they want don't matter it's about making her happy and if she's discontent then that's all that matters they say 70 percent of divorces are initiated by women that's what they're saying this is a statistic that 70% of divorces are initiated by women. So it's not that the men are discontent. It's the women that are discontent. It's the women. And, and the reason why they're dis and the men don't know how to approach it. Huh? Say that again. So it's like, that's where I said, like, the, when, we, when we're looking at statistics, first of all, we got to look at the pool and, you know, which numbers they're actually, you know, calculating. Um, because statistics, being that I've taken statistics, I know how that can be skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also then asking what exactly are they discontented with? The fact that the men that, you know, they're divorcing from were emotionally manipulative. Uh, are they discontent with the fact that the men are, you know, unfaithful? Uh, are they discontent with the fact that, you know, 
the man doesn't help and she feels like she's burdened. So why is she taking on an extra kid? Like, let's be real with what the actual justifications are before we start just saying, oh, well, no, it's the women who are discontent. We're discontent because all of these nice guys who are portraying nice guys so that they can, you know, secure the bag turn out not to be nice. Uh, that's not, that wasn't the secret. The secret they, they've been was like that. When you got men that, that are, are financially free, their, their uh, ways and actions is going to be different from an individual who's living check to check. It's, it's going to be different. So when these women, women got these, 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 these delusions of grandeur where they say, oh, okay, I'm going to meet me a man that's going to sweep me off of my feet. Prince Charming, he's going to have everything. And then they find this man because they bad. They, they, they pretty, they beautiful. God done blessed them. They're beautiful women. And they find this man with the, the, the 1% men. The men that's making all the money, the men that are financially free, that can do things and go places at a whim. When they find these men, they notice that these these men don't have that same sentiment as an individual who's 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 working check to check. So they're going to have mistresses. They're going to have these different late night rendezvous with so and so and so and so. You know what I'm saying? Because they have access to it. These are these are men that are unattainable. So all of the pretty women, the pretty women that look just like you, you know, you bad. You know how you look. You know, you are a beautiful woman. The women that look just like you, that's your competition. That's your competition because it just don't work that way for men. We don't look at one woman. Not not saying that a man can't commit and be monogamous. He can. But what I'm saying that when the men look at women, it's not really more so of him trying to be a dog. It's not him be trying to be a dog, saying, oh, I'm going to just mess with these different women. Sometimes men may be in a relationship and then find another woman that he feels attracted to. That he says, yo, wow, man, this, this woman is beautiful too. She's beautiful too. And he wants to admire her as well. And if he has the resources, if he has the resources and say, okay, uh, I want to marry you. I want to marry you you as well. I have a wife, but I want to marry you as well. He's going to be looked at as what? A womanizer. Oh, you, you want more than one woman. It's like it's a selfish type of, uh, of, of type of situation where we don't come from that as, as us as a people. When you study ancient Kemet, when you study like African cultures, we didn't have this type of thinking that one man to every one woman. We understood that this ratio, it, it, it's one man can have multiple women as long as he's honoring them, doing what's right and providing for them, you know? But do y'all really want to marry the other woman or is it that y'all think the only thing that's better than some strange is some new strange? Nah, I, I think it's... I, I want to say because it's being recorded, but you I know think, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the only oh, thing that's really better really than, than P is new P. Like, no, is no, that really the thought process? No, no, that's not the thought. Really dip into it or do you really want to wife her? No, it's... it's you I, have to think about what's happening. Those men were going off and dying at war, so there was a surplus of women that needed protection. Like, there was a difference. When we want to hold on to a past culture, you change the fact that, hey, we are completely different now, so why are we still trying to hold on to old ways and say, oh, that was fine and it was right? When we're we're standing at a new precipice and we can control the narrative going forward, we control the culture. Then, we shape the culture. The culture doesn't have to shape us. Then why are we then why are we talking about Frederick Douglass and what he did in his past and discretions? If this is the like case, said, if this is the, the comment, the case of her video was to tell women not to just pigeonhole themselves to race. 
you thought she was just trying to disparage his legacy. I thought her video was to acknowledge to women that they did not need to just pigeonhole themselves to race because of, you know, a treatment. Yes, she mm. used him as a narrative. She could have used anyone as the narrative because it's happened. She could have gone back to the Tyler Perry movie, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. The whole point of her video was saying, women, don't pigeonhole yourself to dating for race for race sake. Honor who honors you. And I think that's, that's damaging. Say, even the way we looked at that video was different. Yeah, I think that I think that whole video, the premise of that video was damaging. We're gonna play it one more time so the people who came late to the show can get some type of of, of um context. But like, don't get me wrong, Lynn and um Obsidian Rain. I, don't get me wrong. You guys are making great points. But what I what I want us to understand, and, and this is the whole purpose, you know, this is why we did really decide to bring it on Clubhouse, you know, get different opinions. Because um, I think at this point in time, I think the narrative that's being spread and disseminated between black men and black women, I think the wires are so far like crossed that black men are starting to believe that black women the only thing that you have to be a requirement for black women is money is money. And if you got money, then everything is good. And I know this is not the sentiment of my sisters. I deal with black women. I talk to black women. You dig what I'm saying? I know this is not the overall sentiment of our Queens, but this is what's being projected. This is what our babies are seeing. This is what my daughter is seeing. You know, when she goes on YouTube or she's looking on the TV and the things of that nature and looking at the aspirations of what women are aspiring to, what they want, what's the number one thing that they they, they use as a, a measuring stick to determine of whether they're going to deal with this individual or not. And money is always number one. It's always number one. And it's not. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be money's your finances is something that's incidental. That's going to, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's something that's going to be, but that shouldn't determine the fact of, Oh, I'm only going to deal with this individual because he got money or he's able to provide. Cause this be the same individual that start busting you upside your head, beating you upside your head. And then you'll be a, you'll be one of those women coming up saying that, Oh, all black men, I ain't shit. And all black men ain't worth nothing and things of that nature. And this is not the sentiment of us as black men and women. And I think we need to change that narrative. And and women should be, I believe that they should be appalled and they should be the more vocal, the, 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 the ones who are more vocal about their image being desecrated by thinking that all black women are gold diggers or, or just money hungry. You know what I'm saying? I know this not to be true, but this is what this is what's being projected. And it's like, it's okay. Like this one dude said in his video, he said, the problem is that y'all standing too close to the hose. And this is his verbatim language. This is the verbiage he used. He said, we don't know. We don't know. The problem is that the good girls are standing too close to the hose where we can't determine which is which. They look just alike. They got the same aspirations. They got the same, uh, 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 you know, the things that they're, that they're driven by. You know what I mean? But you say you a good woman, but when you got this dude right here working in Burger King and he he he's going to night school trying to get his shit together. Like one time, I, I'm, I'm going to give y'all a real story. This is real, quick, real quick. And this is real fact. You know, it was a time I was courting this woman for marriage in Islam. And 
you got to go through the Wakil. You got to go through the Wali and you, you got to sit down. And he asked me these questions about this sister. He's like, hey, he's like, yeah, brother, what you do? And da, 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 da. At the time, I was working as a chef, you know what I'm saying? But in a smaller position. And I was going to school, getting my, getting my diploma in culinary. <laughs> so I was a weekend warrior. I was working from Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, I would cram in 16 hours in school and going like I'm going full time school and I'm working full time. So it's like it's crazy. And I did this for the, the, the entire duration until I got until I got my diploma. So in any event, I told the brother, I was like, look, bro, uh, right now with my with my finances right here, I'm paying for my tuition. I, I got my car note. I got, you know what I'm saying? I got to get gas, you know, whatever the case may be. He told me that the sister, her rent was a certain thing. I ain't going to put what the rent was, but let's just say it was like 2000 The rent is $2,000, all right? And um, I can contribute $1,600. i am looking at my finances. I say, yo, I got my note. I got this. I got that. I got school tuitions and all that stuff. I can contribute sixteen hundred a month for for her her living expenses. This is what I can do, and then I need the the rest of my bread to maintain my livelihood. So he was like, "Oh, okay, brother, all right." I said, "But this is only temporary. This is only temporary because I'm I'm working and I'm going to school. I'm gonna be on in a minute. You know what I'm saying? But but right now, as of now, this is what it is. The sister was interested in marrying me. I was interested in marrying her. So so boom." They, we have to sit down. He goes back to the sister and he, he tells the sister what he thinks. And he tells the sister straight up. He was like, yo, you don't need a roommate. You need a husband. You don't need a roommate. You need a husband. Now, at the time, I didn't have any children. I didn't have any children at the time. And at the time, she had uh, one child at the time. She had one child at the time. So now, after this, you know, he didn't marry her to me. He's like, nah, that, that ain't the one for you. I like, no problem. You know what I'm saying? Masha Allah, I do I do me, I go and do me, whatever the case may be. Later on, I found out who he married her to. And I was like, look at this shit right here. I was like, wow. Put the sister in a, in, in, in a crazy situation. I'm not even going to put that out there. But the point I'm trying to make, it was like, it was so money driven. It wasn't the fact that I'm a good dude. I got, I got, I got the ability. I got the drive. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do me. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about that. All that was secondary. None of that mattered. What can you do for this woman financially? So when you got a man, a good brother who's, who's striving and he's trying to do the right thing and he get up and he get, you know, the situation befalls him like that. How you think as a man, how you think he's going to go moving forward? His, 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 but you his, just destroyed your own argument because it was a man that did that to you. It wasn't the woman who did that to you. No, but, but she, it was a man that did it to me. Believing that our women are like this. But no, it was the man. It was that was constructed in the first place. The fathers are like, what can you financially do for my daughter? You said that in the beginning, like when we were having this earlier. So it was justified what he did then. So let me ask you, was it justified? Anything is justified. I did not say anything was justified. If we're talking about how this all came into being, 
the men set that as the standard that women are supposed to look for financial security. And so when we stopped having men advocate for ourselves and we started doing it for ourselves, then it became a problem. Now we are gold diggers. But it was okay when the men were using us as commodity to get the dowry and everything else for financial security. But we're not, this has been ingrained and taught to us that we're supposed to look for financial security. Men, so but, that's, that's but, where like the whole problem becomes. Whether it's justified or not, the men set this, we then followed that lead, and now we are so being no accountability condemned for it. So it's no accountability. This and this is the point. This is why we keep going back in circles. Because at the end of the day, what are women what 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 is the women what do women do? I'm gonna ask the question just straight up, plain and blatant. What is women? What are the women? What are their contributions to the current situation that we are in today as as the black community? What do when we know the things that men contribute to this? We know that men are we're, we're not present. We know that men are dipping out with other women. They're not taking care of their children or things of that nature. They don't have jobs. We know we know all these things. It's been it's been made mentioned and we know. Give me one thing, at least one or a or, or, or few things that women do to contribute to our current situation that has nothing to do with men, something that's isolated by them that they're doing to contribute to our current situation that don't involve men. I'll wait. Okay. So some women are reckless at the mouth. I will give you that. You know, some women are reckless at the mouth and don't respect men. And unfortunately, and what this comes to is that people are taking an experience or two and putting a whole gender in a box. And that's not cool. That's not fair because I had a bad marriage. That doesn't mean that I should put everybody else that I meet in a box and say, Oh, I think this person is going to cheat or oh, I think this person is going to do X, Y, Z. Um, and I think that's both ways for the men and the women. Um, this whole gender war, I think is stupid because we need each other point blank mm -hmm. period Facts. you know our creator made it that way that we need each other um and i think that conversations like these need to be had i know i have these types of conversations with my circle mm. um but obviously it needs to go outside of my circle i think that you know you need to talk to other men who feel that women are against them and and all this other mm. stuff to be like hey every woman's not like that or, and to take it one step further, okay, you, everybody has a type, mm -hmm. you know, so look outside of your quote unquote type, because basically you're dating the same person just with a different name over and over again. Mm. Um, and so um, look outside of your type and then you won't keep running into the same problem over and over and over again. Um, I agree. Just something I had to realize about myself. I have an insecurity in me that attracts me to narcissists. So it's easy for me to be like, oh, ah, this nigga this and that nigga that. No, okay, it's something in me that is drawing me to that type of individual. So I knew I had to take a step back and look at me and look outside of the box <laughs> mm -hmm. for, you know, if I want to find a partner. So, I mean, there's like a lot of factors that goes into this. So, I mean, it's good to dialogue, but there's a lot of factors that goes into this. As I far agree. as women chasing, want men with money, um, if they only want him for his money, that's not somebody that you want to be with. 
You know, do I want somebody who has something going on? Yes. If I met a brother that was working hard and was going to school, I can respect that you have ambition. I can write it out with you to the end. Now, if you just not just at home because you want to stay on the and you want me to buy you the new PS5, mm-hmm. I got a problem with that. that, that that's that's <laughs> fact. See, you see, like, what, I'm, you see what I'm saying, so, Lynn? I mean, if I want to go on a date now, if we in a struggle moment and all we can afford is Applebee's two for 20 for right now. Okay. But so be it. That's right. Where you're taking me to Wendy's and I'm taking you to, you know what I'm saying? Some five star all the time. Like that's, that's not balanced. Like, um, I get what you're so, saying. I mean, there's Queen. like a lot of factors here. Yeah, you're right. See, this is what I, I, I wanted to hear because you know what I'm saying? Like lady obsidian, lady, lady obsidian. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Lady obsidian. She, yo, she's sharp. I love this sister, man. Yo, she's sharp and we go at it all the time. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, what I'll be looking for, I'm looking for solutions. I think we're both looking for solutions. And um, I think that when, when, when we make, when we pose the question like that, what is it that women do? And this is the, this is the question I think that Kevin Samuels kept bringing up, but he did it in a way that it was ruffling a lot of feathers. What do black women do? do what do they do to contribute to our current situation that's independent of men where we bring all the accountability just on the woman just on the woman and what can these sisters do to change that and i think these are these are the conversations like like lennon and obsidian rain were saying that and they need they need to be had so we can get some type of understanding because i'm speaking on behalf of men and you have a lot of men who suffer in silence Men suffer in silence, pay all the bills, do everything they're supposed to do because they don't want to go through the rigmarole of them being looked at as less than. And they and they do what they do and they and they don't say nothing. They don't make no mention of nothing and they just do them. And and they take it. And you got a lot of men that suffer in silence. So a lot of women, I understand that women saying that, oh, we feel like we're being subjugated. We feel like we're not being appreciated and things of that nature. But just having empathy, think about it from a man's perspective. Think about it from a man's perspective that every day the black man being a black man is not it's not easy being a black man in this country. We we, we, we held with a lot of different things that's geared to like set us set us off our square. But, you know, having that woman beside us that understand our plight and understand like, look, I'm trying, I'm I'm working, I'm trying to do it. But a lot of our sisters get blinded with the fact of the expectation that. I supposed to be taken care of. You supposed to be doing this. And, 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 and rightfully so, you are. The man is the maintainer and protector. But at the end of the day, we living in times where we we are is an open war against the black community. Whether people want to realize that or not, it's open season on us. It's been open season since Jim Crow, since redlining, since persecution, gay debate, all that stuff. It's been open season on us. And though we are doing better now in these modern day and times, the war is still on. And you got a lot of black men who got these two and three strikes before they even get the chance to even think like a man and and assume that position of being men. We already got two and three strikes against us. You know what I'm saying? And we got to take it, take it into consideration with the psyche of these men. Not saying that it's, it's, it's the women's fault. No. 
we're both complicit to our current situation. And the only way that we can get some type of resolve is that we got to lead with the things that we do that we're contributing with. Because when you're trying to make resolutions on anything, you can't lead with the with the what the other person did. Yo, you did this and you did that. No, lead with what you're doing. Lead with what you're doing. And how you can work to change that. And then I can lead with what I'm doing and how I can work to change that. And then we can find common ground. But this has been an excellent, excellent conversation. You know what I'm saying? If guys didn't know, I'll say it again, that this is being recorded. The whole um, show has been recorded on the podcast. It's a live podcast. So this will be everywhere. Uh, So just letting people know. But we got to close the show because the show was supposed to have been closed a long time ago, but it, it got so, it got so, you know I'm saying? The discussion got so in depth that uh, we had to keep it going. So I like this though. And I, and I like the fact of bringing it to clubhouse because um, we can get these different opinions. You know, uh, mama, Oh, she came and she added some context to the, to the conversation. Uh, Lynn came up and she added some context to the to the conversation. Y'all already know Obsidian Rain. She don't play, man. She don't play. That's why I rock with her like that. But she don't play. And she came with, you know what I'm saying, some daggers for me. I had to, you know what I'm saying? Had to dodge. You know? <laughs> had to dodge. You know what I'm saying? But this has been great. <clears throat> and I think, I think I'm going to try this again. And, um, to be able to bring more people into the conversation, engage the audience, man. But uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna close out, but I wanna um I wanna give Lady Obsidian Rain the opportunity because if y'all didn't know, you know she's a phenomenal poet. You know what I'm saying? And uh, if if Lady Obsidian Rain, if you wanna close us out with a poem, if you wanna get it ready or whatever the case may be, you wanna close us out with a poem. You know, at the end of the show, we end with a poem. That'll be dope. If you got a piece that you want to do that, you know what I'm saying? Going towards the topic or anything you want to do. I, I, I dig your poetry, but, um, you know, but I want to thank everybody for coming out, listening to the podcast and putting your comments up in the chat, you know, talking about your comments and things of that nature and, and adding to the value of the uh, conversation uh, is, is very much appreciated, man. Thank you guys, man. Uh, Lady Obsidian Rain, you want anything that you want to say? Like, you know me. My whole thing has always been personal accountability. I can't speak on behalf of all Black women, but I will bring my perspective on how things have shaped my view and, and why I choose to, to do things a certain way. Um, but I will share this poem, one of your favorites, okay. Death of Eve. Oh, that's my joy. I do it. I was going to, oh, yeah, that's my word. I was going to, I was going to request it, but, uh, <laughs> but you like reading my mind. That's my joint, yo. Uh, uh, this is the this is a dope piece, man. Please, y'all listen to this piece right here. This is one of my favorite pieces from Lady of City and Rain. Um, let me set the move for you. Let me set the stage for you. Uh, coming to end the show. Uh, let's give a warm, warm welcome for the beautiful Lady Obsidian Rain. Named after the midnight sky. Bone of bone, flesh of flesh. Wife as helpmate turned servant slave girl. 
turned scapegoat. Take the blame, girl. Back so strong, carry all the shame, girl. Thick like steak meat. Let me take a bite, girl. Long and gangly, let me beat you with my stick, girl. Then tell them you asked for it. Taunted me with those bedroom eyes, the fullness of your breast. Who told you that you're allowed to beat your chest with confidence, girl? Hair too kinky, too much coil, too much curl. Hips swaying in graceful strides. Don't you know you're a gazelle? So run, run, girl. Fear me like the prey you are. Feel me just inches away from your neck. Feel me put you on this pedestal for being my exotic fantasy. Let me strip you of your dignity and replace you with everything I'm more comfortable with. Everything that isn't you but can mimic your essence. I mean, it isn't fair you get to be so melanated, glowing in the radiance of the sun. Be like the moon. Stay in the shadow and reflect my light. It's sickening how you still light up the night. Your vibrant laughter and soulful song. Why can't you just play along? Why do you have to contrast me so queerly? The only option is to give birth to Venus and put death to Eve. Wow, man. That poem is so powerful. And I wish they could see the portrait. I wish they could see the portrait that goes with that poem. Because if you guys didn't know, she's an artist too, uh, you know, like drawing artist. And there's a there's a portrait that goes with that poem, man. And it's it's absolutely phenomenal, man. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, do you have that 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 portrait up on your gram? Where the people yes, go the check- painting and the poem is on you know Instagram. It's also in my third book, Walking on Lava, which you can find on Amazon along with my other two, Weathering the Storms and Love After the Eruptions. Yeah. Yeah, profound, man. Profound, absolutely profound piece. I love that piece, man. And when I seen the picture to go along with it, y'all can go check out that episode too, because I did a two-part. I'm telling you, her Lady Obsidian is so crazy with it, man. When I did her interview on on the podcast, it had to be two parts, man. <laughs> it was a two-part interview. It was the same interview, but we had to break it up in two parts, man, because it was like, like, whoa. Like it was, it was, it was just so much context and depth there. So uh yeah, I definitely want to check that out, man. A, a phenomenal artist, man. Phenomenal artist. But I want to thank you guys for coming in and like vibing with us, man. This is a live podcast, it's being recorded as we speak. And um I think it was beautiful, man. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do this again because I love the the engagement with the audience, being able to like respond in real time and we get we get clarification in real time. But I wanna thank I wanna thank all of the people that showed up in the audience and stayed for their the entire show. Uh, thank you, Lynn, for coming up and um, adding to the conversation. Thank you, Mama Ola Deji, the all-around queen, for coming up and um, adding to the conversation. Um, and I think it's a conversation that we all need to have. Uh, I want to thank Lady Obsidian Rain. I don't know. I don't know what appearance this has been on the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast, but uh, it's going to be so many more, so many more because she's, she's a brilliant mind and um, I love the way she represents us. And um, she's always on point, man. Sharp, 
like razor blades and scalpels. I, I, I dig it. But I, I definitely want to thank you all for, for coming through. And um, know that we will be doing a show tonight on Clubhouse. Uh, the Spoken Soul Sessions, we'll be answering any questions about the Grand Grio competition tonight at uh, 9 p.m. So we'll do a room, myself and uh, Mr. Written in Pain. We'll do a room tonight answering any questions, and we'll also have some poetry. We'll have an open mic, and we can vibe, and we can do our poet thing, too, as well. But uh, thank you guys for coming through. I want to thank everybody for coming up on the platform. Thank my special guest, Lady Obsidian Rain. And um, this has been a dope, dope discussion. And I want the discussion to continue, man. So, you know, what I'm going to ask everybody to do is continue the, the, the discussion with your circle. Like, take this conversation to your circle and um, see if we can find some common ground. Let's talk about it. You know, the more we talk about it, the more we can get things done and we can resolve some issues. Because I love my woman. I love the black woman. I love you. You will never know how much I love you. I love you. All of you. You know, I really do. And um, I think it's time that, you know, we can both show our appreciation for each other, men and women. Uh, Lady Obsidian Rain, you have any final thoughts before we close out? I think I said everything <laughs> to say today. Like, really and truly, I mean, even to like the last question that you you did ask, like, what are the women doing to add to it? And it's it's a little frustrating because it's like if we do stand up and try to speak for ourselves, the men take that as a personal attack that we're just, you know, fighting against them. And if we don't, then, you know, we're complicit in, in everything that's happening. So really and truly, it's just like personal accountability. We have to have these conversations to challenge ourselves and challenge each other to see perspective so that we can really dispel the narrative that's being pushed out there. Mm. The only thing we can do is, is, is decide on who we want to be and continue to walk in that integrity, no matter how, how wounded we may be. Cause lashing out wounded only wounds another person and the cycle continues. Indeed. Indeed, man. So thank you guys for coming through. Uh, we'll be back. Check, check out this episode. It should be airing, um, in a few days, uh, Tuesday is going to drop officially. But um, it was recorded live today. So this Tuesday, this episode will be up on all the platforms, Spotify, Amazon, everything like that. So um, you guys go check it out. And uh, once again, thank you guys for, for sharing this experience with us and, and being on the platform where we can get some type of no resolution to what's going on in our community. Uh, I love you guys. Um, I want you guys to know if you don't know. If you don't know anything about me, know this, know that I do love you, and I hope you love me too. Peace.